This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We say this all the time, right? If you, can, if you consistently show up and you consistently do the work, you're going to see that pain diminish. You're going to see that shift. And I think that the 12 minute video is great for people of like a, Hey, this is quick. It's fast. A lot of people, it does the job. But if you really want to learn how to really correct your body, when you're feeling these breakdowns and really get a control over it is getting into the detailed nuances that he's kind of put into these exercises. That's where I see the biggest shifts for people, but who you want to fix your posture. It's for you. You want to breathe better. It's for you. You want to get out of pain. It's for you. And it's just been proven time and again. Bob and Brad, the two most famous physical therapists on the internet. Welcome, my friends, to the Bob and Brad podcast, produced by Bob and Brad, the two most famous physical therapists on the internet. I am Bob, exactly one half of the Bob and Brad team. And today I am joined by my guest host, Mike Keenetz, PT assistant. There we go. And we are going to talk about back pain. So if you have a back, you want to stick around. All right. Welcome to the show, Dr. Eric Goodman and Coach Jesse Salas. Um, we're super excited to have you here. I'm a big fan. And I wonder if we could start with you two giving your backstory. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I'll get started. So since 2007, I have been very actively developing this foundation training work. Uh, it began with my own issues. I am an educated or I'm educated as a chiropractor. I graduated from chiropractic school in 2008. Leading up to that, I had what I would consider a significant increasing pain quality and a significantly decreasing quality of life. And it got to a crux. It, it came to a cross where it was just too much. That was 2007, about a year prior to graduating. And a couple of very interesting things were happening in my life at that time in my journey into sports medicine, which was my goal all along. One of the things was I was interning with the head coach of the United States water polo team, and it turned out to be an Olympic training year for Beijing of the 2008 Olympics. And, and I was interning with him very well. His name was Dr. Terry Schroeder. He is a chiropractor. He loved the idea of bringing somebody like him into the fold to treat patients that he could have more control over. I was a young guy, I was a student that looked up to him a lot. So, you know, he was the master, I was the strings. And it, it worked very well. And then I started to sort of take over a little bit and I started training these athletes in a way that I had began rehabilitating my own problematic back. I had looked for a lot of things. I had been offered uh, uh, what's called a 360 degree fusion surgery for my lower spine as a stability feature because I was unstable at the low spine and that's why I was in so much pain as it turned out at that stage. I had been very actively strengthening my spine in these extension poses that were sort of, they were working for me. That's all I'll say at this stage. They were working for me really well. They were different and they were sort of frowned upon in rehabilitation at that time. You were meant to really avoid anything in extension because it could lead to facet syndrome, 
peritonitis or whatever, whatever the issue may be. So I was rebelliously extending the crap out of my spine. I mean, I was really, really working hard to hold it in position because it felt well. And I, I started teaching this to the athletes. I started teaching this to Terry Schroeder. I started teaching this to my, my patients in my little internship at the time. And it was working for all of us, really interestingly. You could fast forward about four years from 2007, eight to about 2011 and 12 when I wrote a book about it. I had developed a protocol. There was about 10 or 11 exercises in it. They were very extension based. They were, they were interesting. They were, they were changing the narrative a little bit. And the Olympic team I was working with happened to have won a silver medal as well at the 08 games, which was a, a really nice thing. So we had, yeah, we had successions, like successful successions during the development of this work that were very serendipitous. Um, I could never have planned it and I could never have, have asked for it or, or expected it. But these things, kept happening around foundation training. In 2009, uh, I met a, a really wonderful gentleman named Peter Park, who the three of us, Jesse, Peter, and myself, just remade our, our popular 12-minute video yesterday. Uh, and Peter, and, yeah, so, so we're always progressing. We're always trying to do new things and, and have fun with the community. And Peter introduced me to Lance Armstrong, who really fell in love with foundation training as well and helped us to get our work out initially. And then we had a lot of other celebrity type people come in. It was, it was just very random where like, you could never have said, oh, that's where it's going to come from. I need to put myself there. And that's how we're going to put this idea into motion. Um, but a lot of things like that happened in the entire time, literally every single day, guys, I was, I was in my head working through these exercises 100% in my body, not in my head. I wonder what's the best idea. But, okay, what am I doing here? What, what's happening here? Why is this helping when this space is increasing? Why is it hurting when it goes too far? Why are my hips so good at pushing my trunk up through my glutes, but they're terrible at elevating my trunk from my hamstrings, from the real posterior chain pulley system? And that, those questions kind of unveiled themselves through feeling and sensations of strength that kept going on, kept being repeatable. I kept being able to feel the exact same relief over and over again until it became challenging to need the relief. I was, I was stabilizing an area that was unstable through these extension positions. Got to test it with a lot of people. I was 26, 27, and 28 during the initial development of this. Yeah. Uh, and then I started bringing it to a lot of friends. My, my closest friend, Dustin DeRicky, is also a chiropractor. We went to school together. We did everything together. He's the one that came in and helped me make this into a thing. Um, like we made brochures, we made classes, we designed a logo, we made a web, he made a website. I said, we, I said, will you do this? He said, yeah, I can probably figure that out. And he figured it out. And we started working together around 2008, uh, 2008, 2009. But what it is, is this, what foundation training became and what the real backstory of it is, is a series of truly serendipitous events that allowed a new idea in stabilizing and aligning the spine for purely the reduction of pain and the stabilization of hypermobile or hypomobile areas. It helped it become a thing in the narrative, helped the right people see it somehow to get it out there. I still don't know how that happened, but it happened and it kept kind of occurring as we were having minor. Yeah. 
So that's the real, that's the backstory. I'll let Jesse bring in how he came in and, went, and all of that, because his is very interesting. Yeah, so my background, I'm not like the vast majority. I did not find it through the 12-minute uh, workout, The seven, not one of the 7 million. But I was a professional firefighter. I was a strength and conditioning coach in the fire service. I was heading up a wellness program, and that was my whole focus. And how can I optimize my performance? I'm in my early 30s, and I started having the classic breakdowns that I did what most people do. Well, this is just a part of aging. And I've accepted that as part of the job. We kind of held that credo. But then I had a, a, a cute, like a, a blowout of my knee. I, I was doing jujitsu, tore my MCL, and Eric and I were old friends. I had reached out, we reconnected, and he was, let me help you rehab it. And that was my first introduction to foundation training. And from that, I went, what is going on here? Why am I trembling and shaking trying to do these exercises for my knee? And then I started learning the program got certified and started using the fire service because back injuries were the, num are the number one thing that takes firemen down. And so I started going, hey, we really got something here for the firefighters and I'm using it for myself because I had back injuries on the job already. And I started to see these nagging things go away. I started seeing a very big shift in the way I was moving. I started seeing my strength training, my lifts getting better, my performance getting better. And I was like, can I come to the course again? And I kept, he's, he gave me an open invite. It slowly progressed to me being on the teaching team. And there was this really cool transition where I went from being this performance coach based on what was bringing out optimal performance when it really mattered on the job and daily life to working with injuries and corrective exercise and hearing story after story at every certification of these people that had their lives changed via a 12-minute workout on YouTube. I just got obsessed in it. It led me to leaving my 17-year career as a firefighter and really push into this. And now it's just been a whole new journey of really evolving and helping spread this work to the world and with a goal to impact the fire service in the long run globally. Nice. So, Dr. Goodman, you are known as one of the founders of Foundation Training. Um, could you please tell our audience what it is and who it would be for? Uh, foundation Training, I used to say it's for anybody with a spine. And that I kind of, I believe that. I think anybody can benefit from active alignment exercises that teach the rib cage to be more expansive when it counts, to teach the, the, the belly to be longer and have kind of more space for the viscera. So the alignment portion is for anybody, but really what people come to us for is one of two things. Most of them come for chronic pain management. I've had this lower back, this frozen shoulder, this neck injury, I've got this herniation, they gave me a microdiscectomy, it's worse. Or it's the same as it was, and now it feels more rigid because there's some scar tissue in there. Uh, I've got plantar fasciitis, I used to wear orthotics, they worked for a couple of years, now it's actually worse and I can't manage it as well. That's a very popular one. That's the, what we want are, are the structural breakdowns where the body inadvertently shifts from its structural integrity, its primary stability structure in which the muscles kind of centrally tension the body towards center, towards the joints, to a secondary stability in which the body is kind of in that ligamentous creep, joint pressure, compression situation. The puppet strings have gone lax. They're too relaxed. They're dominant in areas and, and dominated in other areas. And that's a what I would consider a body kind of stuck in secondary stability, which is non-elastic. It's ligaments and joints versus elastic, active, primary stability, 
which is you're doing it right now. It change when you think of it, it changes the way you stand and sit. Because the body is nothing but a series of pulleys, and foundation training helps you identify and activate as many as possible. And that's that's the goal. That's the idea. And it, that's how we get rid of symptoms. We don't. We're not magicians. We're not. I'm not a good adjuster. I don't practice as a chiropractor. I'm a terrible chiropractor, quite frankly. But I'm very good at, at observing movement patterns and using alignment actively to to manage and ultimately change the pattern that they're stuck in. Yep, and then the pain diminishes, right? If you stick with it, if if you if we say this all the time for everybody, if you can if you consistently show up and you consistently do the work, you're going to see that pain diminish. You're going to see that shift, and I think that the, the twelve minute video is great for people of like a hey, this is quick, it's fast. A lot of people it does the job, but if you really want to learn how to really correct your body when you're feeling these breakdowns and really get a control over it is getting into the detailed nuances that he's kind of put into these exercises. That's where I see the biggest shifts for people. But who? You want to fix your posture? It's for you. You want to breathe better? It's for you. You want to get out of pain? It's for you. And it's just been proven time and again. This has been something, these postures and this breath pattern, I've been working on this literally every day of my life for 13 years. And I don't, I don't say that with any exaggeration. It's been an ongoing, because I, I do this for my own pain, and now I have enough patience that I'm very actively juggling with them. I'm not juggling them. We're juggling together trying to figure this out because we're all chronic pain patients, and life is a constant chaotic motion that you're always trying to become somewhat more symmetrical in your absorption of. But it doesn't stay where you are. It doesn't stay where you get it either. The skill is management and balance, not staying in alignment. So to help with the details, you've written several books. I have three here. This is my favorite. Foundation, Redefine Your Core, Conquer Back Pain, and Move With Confidence. Great photos, by the way. I mean, really high-quality photos. Um, can you tell us about the book? About the, the original book? Absolutely. So that was... That was the beginning of our work. And you asked about the founders of foundation training. So what you're holding in your hand is what started our work. That and our 12 minute video came out at the exact same time. The video was a part of the book. It was actually something we made for the guy who wrote the forward. Now I have an important question for you. Is there a forward from Lance Armstrong on that book? No, no forward. So up until about two years ago, every copy had a forward from Lance Armstrong introducing our work which was very thankful and we were we were really grateful for it it'll be right there those first couple pages yeah. sure yeah our publisher knowingly took it off because of uh i think just i don't know we don't even know i was actually with peter yesterday and we couldn't believe it we were like wait what happened all the books don't have support anymore but that doesn't matter it doesn't have anything to do with the content of the book which is all about properly extending the spine through very different muscles than what people are used to doing that the most important idea in that book by far is the function of the adductor muscles. The function of the groin pulling the pubic symphysis in a downward compression away from the spine, yielding an opening of the SI joint when it's a proper central tension and yielding an allowance of healthy extension against the tone of the hamstrings. If you don't have that downward contraction, 
of squeezing the legs towards each other with a subtle inward rotation, you get SI joint compression, like a whale tail type extension. Think of that dueling extension where the back is extending and the sacrum is extending. What we want is an anchor that holds the sacrum in place and holds the pelvic girdle in place. And that comes naturally in these powerhouse central tensioning adductor muscles. That allows you to, what the title of that book is, redefine the core. That allows you to feel the core as the pelvis. Without the legs being involved, you only feel above the pelvis. You feel the abs, you feel the lower back, you feel the obliques, and you very quickly come to the intellectualization that the core is the torso. But really, the core is well below the torso. It's mostly the groin muscles, which are the adductors, glutes, the hamstrings, the iliacus muscle, not the psoas muscle. Yes, the transversus abdominis muscle. Yes, the rectus abdominis muscle. Anything that directly has a connection to the pelvic bones or the pelvis bones. But if it's not controlling the center of you, it's not a core structure. It's an, it's a, it's an accessory. It's very important. It's, it's so important. But the core muscles distinctly control the pelvis. And they provide a platform when they're actually centrally tensioning, which is like not domination by pushing the hips forward, not an anterior or posterior pelvic tilt, but a, a adductor arch type connection. I teach it sort of as the St. Louis arch from the groin muscles to the arches of the feet, this upward pull that goes through the center of us. That allows the posterior chain, which is the focus of that first book, to be accurately activated and ultimately re-educated as you practice the movements. So that's the, that's the and back is so easy to manage when you apply the right forces. And in most cases, and most of the time, it's not this, it's, it's this. And those are the forces that tend to manage back pain the best. And right here. Sure. Does the uh, doctor muscles also de decompress the spine? That's the net impact. So not like here's your here's how we're going to have to put you at this angle and we're going to squeeze with this amount of pressure to hit L1. That, that, that's not what I'm talking about. That downward pressure, that that fastening below the pelvis stops the rocker back and forth. It allows a lengthening of the abdomen and it allows a natural with breath decompression of the torso. With that torso decompression, what we have found comes a much more accurate muscular protection of the spinal column and a significant decrease in the forces the spine itself has to feel. Makes sense. So if someone with back pain would like to try foundation training, um, where can they go? Your website or YouTube channel or where are you located at? The number one, <clears throat> the number one we set, tell people to start with is to go to our actual streaming site, which I, when we put it together and they're like, hey, there's an app for it now, I, I made a joke that if you've got back pain, we've actually developed an app to get you out of pain in the 21st century. But going to ftstudio.com, we, we've really spent time putting it organized where people can learn it step by step in phases. 
and that through each phase they develop not just the hey I'm hinging my hips but learning how to really anchor and and do the decompression that Eric's speaking about that they learn step by step and they kind of get this intuitive connection to their body and that's what we found is the best and then there are those people that need to get eyes on them so we say go to our main site which is foundationtraining.com and search for an instructor we've got 1300 or yeah 1300 or more certified instructors around the world that is a combination of coaches like myself doctors like eric of all practices and walks of life at this point and i'd say half the people are those that were chronic pain warriors for a very long time that when i want this impact in my life i want to share that with other people so they're coming from a place of understanding and compassion and i always say is, that's those are your two key points if you want to learn from us the app is your best spot if you want to get eyes on you search an instructor and you know it's always easier to start sorting the details out especially in the very early phases with trained eyes on you but if you don't find them on our site this is coming up a lot now then they they have not maintained their skills or they are not an actually certified instructor so um, most countries or which countries most, we're getting there. We're in a lot of countries. We'll we're see. a good bit of them. We're, we're, we're spread out pretty good, and, and we, we're working on getting multiple languages as well because we're getting that question. But we do have teachers that are in Germany, in Paris, in Brazil, all over the world. So, And it's only growing. We've, we've stepped up through COVID. Uh, we stepped up the, the learning process for all of our students. So they actually have a, a six-week um, learning program they have to go through online. They have to show up for a class with a teacher each week. And then there's a in-person portion, but they still have, even after the in-person, they have to get 50 plus hours of time teaching and working. And then they have to go through a testing process with one of our teaching team members. So it's become a very intricate process. Why we, we really stress find someone who has been trained and be open to letting them coach you. And the book is helpful too. I mean, thank you. Yeah, we we work very hard to put those books out. And Peter, who I wrote that first one with, Peter Park, he was the he helped me get the official word out of this. And he's always he's been an incredible practitioner of the work. And and you know he's helped to evolve it a little bit over the years. He's been able to bring it to some incredible people. But we we always laugh at that. We've both written other books, and that is definitely our most successful one. Is that first one? Yeah, absolutely. Um, How's your back pain now? I mean, I know you keep it at bay. Well, I, I well, let me put it that way. You actually just said it very accurately. It used to be my focus to keep it at bay. Then that focus shifted to where it was sort of keeping my life in a in a boundary. And I was relatively physical. I was more physical than most people, but I was nowhere near where I like to be. And over the past probably six years, I've gone from a overprotective protection of my spine to a level of strength and mobility that now facilitates me to do anything I'd like to do in my life. And I have the tools to manage the pain that may come. And I, and I'm, I would never be so arrogant just to say it won't come because it will. And, and what happens is you start to sense it earlier and earlier and even more valuable than that. You get tuned in to kind of that somato sensation of the body where you feel if you're about to do something stupid, you really, and you don't think it's there, you like, don't do that. And your body gets this reflexiveness through the strength, 
through the alignment because we we're not just teaching one movement we have 25 movements that take you through every range of motion the body really does with active alignment decompression and anchoring at the root of the movement pattern they're very unique they're very interesting movements and they're all much harder than you would anticipate them being when you do them well and that's how i manage my back that's why my back is no longer a, a focus point of my life whereas before in my entire late 20s to, to mid 30s it was the focus point of my life i wrote a book about it i made a business about it you know like you have to be very singularly focused to to come across those things that strength has now let me engage in life a lot more so i know you already mentioned um lance armstrong is one of the celebrities you have trained who else have you worked with um i've had a i've had a what i would consider an illustrious career to this point, we have had a number of people find us and I cannot believe the people that have come into the fold and into the picture. Um, I will simply say I've written three books and each one has a patient forward. So I'll, I'll start. I'll start, guys. Eric, uh, so Eric wrote the forward on your, on your yeah. second book. Pretty much all uh, the, the Probably the coolest dude there is wrote the recent forward, Jeff Bridges. As a result right. of he's a cool guy. Oh, and, and I'll let Eric dive on him. He's as amazing as, as they get. But as a result of people looking for Eric and Eric not traveling, I wound up spending the entire the entire pandemic, pandemic uh, living and traveling with Madonna because she and she wasn't having she, her people reached out because she was going to have to end her tour early. She was performing, going into COVID. She had some serious hip stuff going on, and two um, world-renowned pianists that are friends of hers, Eric had helped, said, you need to try this. She reached out to Eric, and, and Eric graciously said, I can't come, but I will send Jesse. So I flew to London, and I wound up doing foundation. The fundamental principles he was talking about and she had very significant pain relief in her hip, enough that she was able to keep performing. And that when she went into lockdown, she asked me to stay with her. So Madonna, we worked with the world's greatest jujitsu fighter as of recent, who was on Joe Rogan, talking about how bad his back was, Hicks and Gracie. And through the network, someone reached out to him and was like, would you be willing to try this? And we went and started working with him and were able to make significant shifts in him. Who's a couple other ones, Eric, that, that Jeff, I mean, you got, Eric's got a ton of different ones. I've had a very illustrious career. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've, I've worked with the Avengers. Uh, Josh Brolin plenty of times. So, and again, I want to be clear with people. I'm not, I'm not going and like hanging out with all these people. I, they come through the network. They hear about the protocol. I teach them the protocol. Very often, one of our instructors will, will stay with them for a bit or train them for a while, or They'll send their trainer or coach or doctor through our course. That's my favorite. Um, I got to a really unique, a very unique one, probably the most unique person I've ever had the, the pleasure of working with and somebody I've gotten to now work with for several years continuously and see the evolution of them was brought to me by one of our instructors. Normally it's the other way around. Um, in England, we have this incredible doctor and he had been following our work for years, finally comes to get certified. And he says to me during a certification, we're in England, somebody would really like to meet you. They've been practicing your work for a little while. And Prince Harry pops on over. And we got to work with Harry out there. Then he ended up moving, I'm not kidding, about 20 minutes down the road, 
and we've been working together on and off and he's got a really he's an amazing guy and he's and he's a very he's a very thoughtful guy that, that I'm really happy that he's turned into the work or tuned into the work because it helps him for very different reasons than most people come to us more of a, a stress relief and a, and a post-traumatic type boom express yourself hold yourself strong take up all of the space you deserve to take up type of a practice for him and it also strengthens the spine. yeah so we've I, I I feel that we've been able to offer what I would consider the best available approach to back pain relief. I, I stand very confidently in that statement from the past 13 years of evidence that I've been watching. And that has attracted some of the hardest cases, which has helped the work develop. Because like you can literally see the challenges we were faced with. And then a few years later, you see that we are now teaching in a way that very confidently and, and a few years later, not a few weeks, it takes years to develop any of these evolutions, any of the, the new versions takes years, but it works. And you start to see how I used to be scared of stenosis because there was too much thoracic extension and I could never get around. You'll now see that the eight point plank exercise, the internal leg trace exercise and the, the root of decompression breathing into the posterior serratus actually addresses that exact curvature, the thoracolumbar junction, which was a, a probably still in development, six or seven years of trying to help stenotic patients get better. And the best way I have been able to find so far is to separate the floating ribs, re-engaging the transversus abdominis as you lift. Basically, instead of trying to pinpoint pressure relief in the spine, diffusing as much central tension in the spine as possible with an upper leverage point instead of playing at the lower leverage. I'm sorry if that's technical, but that's the process is trying to figure out that statement without knowing that statement. Well, great names. Uh, really enjoyed that. Um, do you have a sense uh, what percentage of your participants uh, reduce their back pain? In the upper 80s to low 90s that properly give it the effort. That's the caveat. The ones that try for more than two weeks of effort, that's when I would say. Dr. Goodman, a lot of uh, experts uh, emphasize core strengthening the abdominal muscles. What are your thoughts on that? It's just another muscle. Is it an important one? Of course. But the abdomen is only going to be able to sort of get as strong as the cooperative musculature that surrounds it. And the muscles also that pull the edges of the torso apart. So part of the abdomen attaches at the, the, the lower structure at the pelvic rim. But the other part is kind of pulling the torso and the floating ribs and these different elements. It's got multiple layers. It's not just a front to backer. It's also an, an outside to insider. And it's also an inside at the back, inside to outsider at the transverse abdominis. So we've got multi-planar motion that occurs sort of like an outward, yeah, I think cylinder is kind of the right phrase because it's not an inward compressive. We shouldn't be seeing the middle of the cylinder compressing. We should be seeing all edges kind of pulled apart and widening and, and the density of the abdomen shouldn't be pushing out at any edges. It should simply be kind of linearly long. Jesse is a very, very strong posture naturally, and then he's built it intensely with foundation training. So you can't really break his posture, and he shows that abdominal tension, which is not a downward pressure. It's enough tension to hold 
as you're being pulled apart. That's the accurate abdominal tension. So if what you're training is only a shortening of it, crunching, knee raising, you're constantly shortening the abdomen, it's going to learn to hold you tight at the front, which is not cooperative with the rest of the body. Yeah, what I, I would say when we do most of the foundation training exercise from the coaching standpoint in regards to abdominal is that um, what I generally tell people is we're setting the stage for a healthy abdominal contraction, but also we're setting the stage for length and support from that transit. Like we're, we're shoring up the length that we want to have so that we can utilize that rectus abdominis and all the way around that, that the backside of our, our body is as strong and supported when we take it into, if you decide to do the knee raises, we're generally doing more planking and lengthening and, a lot, I would say a lot of our abdominal work is doing foundation training and then making sure we're stabilizing really well when we're deadlifting, when we're doing day-to-day functions that require the abdominal to have that lengthened, supported cylinder of the low spine while the, the rest of the core does its job and lowers us down and raises us up. And the lats can be engaged in a beautiful symphony of movement. The abdomen and the back are very, they're mirrors. So where you see too much abdominal contraction, Unless that is a very lengthened torso, you're getting spinal flexion. So you want as much length as possible with the natural neutral spinal curves involved. So that when you do flex, you flex at the right places, not the belly button, not the wrong places that end up hitting the lumbar spine where you don't have that major curvature. Flexion happens at the the hypotic curves. Extension happens at the lordotic curves. Do you want to talk about the importance of muscles working together and not in an isolated fashion? Absolutely. That's the genesis and basis of foundation training. When my muscles were working, I was strong, but I was not integrated. And it was breaking me down. The heavier the forces I would put into my body, the more breakdown because the more force was being absorbed inaccurately in focal point pressures along my spine. Once I was able to muscularly integrate my body, meaning the chains, the posterior chain, the anterior chain, the the lateral line, the medial line, the the abdomen and the thoracolumbar fascia and the latissimus muscles and the front neck muscles are, are sort of more in concert. They're working together instead of against each other to share forces. And it's through integrated motion. So a deep breath shouldn't look like this. That's like these muscles pulling in, the diaphragm trying to flatten, my belly trying to breathe out a little bit and sort of a, 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 a miscommunication with everything else upstairs. A simple integration of that is not the thought process of, I need to use this, I need to use this, I need to use this, I need to use these, I need to go through here. The integration is I need to make sure that my occipital protuberance is elevating my head and Occipital glide is allowing it to move backwards. And when I hold this position and I simply take a deep breath, integration occurs naturally. But it's the strength to manage and hold those positions when you're not thinking of them that becomes integral. So integration is once you've applied integrated ranges of motions over and over and over and the arches and the adductors and the glutes and the hamstrings and the lats and the abdomen and the neck and the head are working together over and over, just like learning a new dance move or a new jujitsu move or learning a new way to take a, take a turn or throw a pitch. 
the pattern eventually becomes very second nature and ultimately becomes first nature where you're not trying to think of it at all. It's part of you. That's, that's integration. That's the, the goal and the opportunity presented with muscular integration. Most people don't get there and it's not a strength thing like deadlifting 500 pounds, 400 pounds. It's a patterning thing. I'm waking up in the morning and I'm lifting my head muscularly. I'm taking the weight of my skull into the front of my neck in an expansive position. As you sit there, it's not a big shift, but you feel the shift that it makes yeah. in you. Yeah. See? Now take from that position, Mike, just take a deep breath through the nose. Lift the skull, feel that clavicular plane heighten a little bit, and just take a breath. And you'll feel this really nice axial expansion that comes with it. Not really with the thought process, but you're just yep. making room for it. Yep. Yeah, I need to move my That's mic all it further is. back. And it's just. <laughs> <laughs> my mic yeah. keeps screwing up my posture on well, I mean, I say that in, those, in those early learning phases for people that are generally like okay I want to go beyond the 12 minute workout I really want to learn this system it can it can be very overwhelming for them to and I'd say it's, it's uh, an overwhelming feeling when the loss of connection starts to present itself when they can't find those three points of contact of the feet and then integrate and we'll say inward anchor and get medial chain muscles on while they are hinging their hips, maintaining those, or maybe they're, we're outward anchor, we're getting lateral chain muscles, but all the while they're remembering to squeeze their fingertips. But when they squeeze their fingertips, we don't reach from the shoulders and let the forward head carriage. So it starts to become very overwhelming. But what I tell everybody is that what we're doing is we're helping you recognize whether or not your body can communicate from the ground up as a complete system. And then it lets us know where can, and when someone's like, oh, they get frustrated, like, no, 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 this is great. This is showing us how many muscles right now we don't have involved in the game. And we wanna get all of them turned on. You learn to turn the volume up. And then we take that into a, a proper deadlift where now we've got everything supporting that movement that we're putting things over our head that when we sit down and we squat which a lot of people complain about their knees until we go hey if you learn how to outward anchor and you get more muscles suddenly it becomes a way more supported position and people find these new ways to move so i love the idea that we consciously train for subconscious habits that will naturally come out in day-to-day -day life yeah makes sense so just so our audience is aware, what is the age range you work with for clients? My oldest patients personally are turning 90. My youngest patients are in their young teens. Uh, my wife works, you know, every now and then with some pediatric work. She does pediatric physical therapy and she writes about movement at that very young age. Uh, and, and we've seen it help everybody. But I would say from the conscious enough to learn age, so young teens, probably early, you know, maybe 10, 11, 12, uh, to conscious enough to remember age, you know, in the, into the late 80s, 90s. Yeah, that's the spectrum that we've seen. And I, I say that I, I my, our certifications, we have brought, you know, well over a thousand people through the certification course. And the average age is probably in the late, probably the mid 40s to late 40s of the average age of one of our instructors. We have some young. We have a handful of teenagers. We, we've had we've had four, three or four 
16 to 18 year olds show a huge amount of interest and and come to our course and get certified. Their parents come with them. It's yeah, it's, it's been really cool. But I'll also say I've personally seen a really big increase, and I it is it's a been a learning a fun learning curve. But in the um, six to 12 year olds and parents going, hey, my kid, we're looking. Eric and I have this discussion all the time of the tech and the devices of modern life for for children are just collapsed in completely on their frame. And the number of parents are going, how do we get this in our school? We're on board if we can figure out the best way to do that. But, you know, the kids present the challenge of attention. But if you can get them just playing and making it fun, and then you sprinkle it in with other great movement modalities and tools, we see it start to make an impact. And a lot of the coaches with young kids are coming to us. I got to fix the way they're moving before I can even focus on their performance because I'm the ones that care. I want to save their their careers before they even develop one. Imagine playing a high school sport, but the rest of that day is spent using an iPad or a cell phone, and then you go right into practice or right into competition. Your mechanics are, are so lackadaisical in comparison to what they should be for any kind of reflexive athletic movement. So foundation training has a very significant performance component, completely accidental. That was not the goal. But as you improve integrated muscular connectivity, performance, contraction, as you improve the body's ability to absorb its own weight in various planes of motion, you get improved athletic maneuvering, performance, strength. So a lot of the younger people or some of the older people, but the younger like 20s and 30s, they're the ones that mostly hear of us less about chronic pain or there are athletes trying to get a, a benefit in performance. Um, but I would say the older age, and my, my focus point being pain, the older age is definitely the average, just with being a chronic pain practitioner. Sure. Um, I know the answer to this one, but um, is any equipment required to part participate in foundation training? I'm sorry, I asked that once more. Do we need any equipment? Oh, yeah. no, you don't need anything. You need, uh, in fact, you can keep barefoot and naked. Just not around people necessarily. Uh -huh. <laughs> good, good point. The most I might use for somebody's a t-shirt as a as a proprioceptive tool, maybe to help find their lats or wrap around the ribs to help them find breathing into the rib cage. But like here, if you've got a t-shirt laying around, it comes in really handy. <laughs> no, you don't need anything. It's body weight and it's just it's a mechanics of, of how to be with your own frame. Can you describe the structure and length of your program? So I know you have three levels, but how long does this all take to kind of do and master? So the, the three levels would be based on that first book and on the very early iterations of foundation training. We have now developed a curriculum that is legitimately world-class as an educational curriculum, be it our public baseline protocol, which takes you through 112 days of guided practice learning each movement, each principle, each piece along the way, about 15 to 30 minutes per day. So the baseline protocol is on our app and that would be the base education of foundation training at this stage. That's what we want everybody that is a chronic pain patient or a performance client to go through. Because if you go through that, you know foundation training. Then we have a number of programs from everything from cycling and golf and strength, like an FT Fundamentals Strength Program, where Jesse guides you through weightlifting, through kettlebell protocols that are centric on our principles and our function of eliminating pain first, function being kind of a byproduct of that. If you want the kind of more private side of it, if you want to become a practitioner, 
then are you can go that route and that's an education that is significant it's it's it it takes you six weeks of guided practice then we see you for a weekend in person then you have to practice as jesse said for 50 hours legitimate test out with uh three or four people on our team that kind of do a test out with you via zoom but that would be what i would consider um kind of the graduate level education of foundation training and it, it we it took us several years to design the program that we now teach through on that so the book was like here three ways to do it i don't know what i'm doing quite yet but here's the poses they work really well and then the last the book came out in may of 2011. so for the last 12 years or 11 years we've been literally working on those poses <laughs> to well, an obsessive degree and what we're going to say in that idea of to how long does it take to master to get that down is the 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 one thing i'll say is if you look at it like a martial art where you look you can learn it you can conceptualize it but there's a huge part of doing it and if, if it's someone that's like i want to get it down it's doing it time and again until you develop this connection this awareness this ability to coordinate and connect. And then you're taking that through all these poses. And that what I look at someone who's, we'll say on the, the latter half of like towards, I don't even say mastering because we're always using our bodies and it's, we're fixing our bodies. But is that person who's gone through the learning phases on the app and then can comfortably take on any, any workout. We put a new workout or two up every week, but they can take on any workout and do it. Or we'll say that it's that person who gets out, out of the car after a long drive, is pumping gas and can comfortably go into whatever standing decompression exercise they feel best. Just feel the connection without having to hear the words. That they can go through five to ten breaths, closing that kinetic chain with their sphere, anchoring the pelvis, and find the relief that they're looking for in the moment and feel their body, in a sense, being balanced from we'll say the hours of sitting or the hours of playing their sport, whatever it might be. I wonder at what point um, most people start to feel some hope. I, I, I would, I would say is the guy that's a, a coach doc coach, non-doctor coming in what I've seen and, and being around Eric and having that privilege to really be with him on every patient and objectively watching and learning was there's a, you, you see a shift of hope in people I always say it's the phase when they transition over of like, what are we doing here? You know what, but, but you know, there's a lot of people you have to remind, like, if you don't consistently do this, it's, it's not, you know, you're going to keep putting your body back into the other things you do all the time. But those that do it, it's, it's, it's significant. And it's, I don't like to just say all the time or false hope, but it is fast. Like it is, it is a, a powerful thing. Really? To see. And yeah, yes. Awesome. Two weeks. Two weeks is what I would recommend people try it for if it's not working for them. But a lot of people, and I don't say this lightly, you can read multiple thousands of comments on that free YouTube video of people saying very similar things. I did this once. I thought I needed surgery. I don't need surgery. I'm going to do it every day. You'll see them right back a year or two later. I've been doing this every day. I, I can't believe what this has done for me. And it's not, it doesn't fix you in a day. It doesn't fix you in two weeks. It can give you the hope that is just enough to keep you doing it and the process of doing it and doing it and doing it and improving each time you do it, getting a little better at the mechanics, hearing the cues a little bit more clearly as you're in the positions. That's what gets you better. Where all of a sudden, a month or two later, you're like, I, I really notice when I'm in bad posture and I'm kind of hurting myself a little bit. I really notice that now. 
Six months later, you're like, it hurts to get into crummy posture. It feels great to just stand normally or sit normally or lay normally. All right. So we have two quotes that we want you to elaborate on. The first one being the spine isn't supposed to be extremely flexible. And the other one is for every exercise you do for the front, you should do four for the back. Okay. Uh, I'll go to the ratio question first. Normal things in front of us, people call them the mirror muscles, whatever you can see in front of you. But that's a very like, that's from a very training standpoint. That's for somebody that goes to the gym that's already doing their best to take care of themselves and might just be mismanaging that by doing a little bit too much chest, a little too much biceps, a little too much track, a little too much abs, a little too much quadriceps. They're throwing themselves off balance. So let's remove the need to be a person that trains and let's take life into account instead. We're walking, we wake up, we have a cup of coffee or a drink, we look at our phone or our computer, we go into our car. Let's say that we're a librarian, we read books. You know, and there's a very concentric process. We converge in front of us. They're not concentric, I'm sorry, convergent. There's a very convergent process to the modern life. We look down, our head drifts forward, our shoulders drift forward. The body makes room for that at the hip joints. That's where kind of all these adaptations occur. If you're taking that into what you're doing naturally without remedying it, you don't change it. It's, it's that process of changing and changing and changing that really helps. So the ratio of four to one is just kind of a general recommendation. You're doing so much in front of you, you need to use the posterior, the, the muscles that lift you up and open you up to do that as often as possible. So if you're training for one set of push-ups, you should be doing a set of pull-ups, a set of rows, a set of just opening up the shoulders and maybe a set of gentle back extensions or something along those lines, but that would be conventional training. What we have done in foundation training is we have made a protocol that is based on like, probably more like a six to one ratio where we're focusing on posterior chain contraction, adding in the anterior chain subtly along the way. And then we have a few movements like the eight point plank that are dominant by the anterior chain. So every now and then we sprinkle in an anterior dominant exercise. So most people are just too concentric. They're too forward in. Their circle that they're closing into is too tight in front of them. Whereas they themselves are actually a circle and they have to expand themselves. Um, the next one, which was, uh, the, the first one was the ratio, the second was oh, the flexibility. <laughs> okay, yeah, this is easy. Uh, so you're, you're holding a fire hose because a fire hose has significant pressure going through it. So you have to hold it kind of with stability, right? That makes sense. Makes sense to him. You have to really hold it strong. There's pressure through it. And if you don't control that pressure and you let it go, it's going all over the place. It's flying everywhere. That's electrical energy within the spinal column. So if we just stand upright with no muscular contraction, we're not going to stay upright. We're going to extend our hips backward a little bit. And then we're going to have a big flexion point because we got 12 vertebrae at the thoracic spine and it's going to go like this. Boom. And then this is just going to eventually look up if we have any muscular contraction. But if you look at the spine, that's the grand curvature folds us kind of over the ridge. If you're not applying that initial grip to the hose, which is the multifidi muscles, the rotatores muscles, it's the small 
muscles that give it guidance, you're going to allow way too much flexibility through those pressure points as the spine goes. There's just not going to be enough piece-to-piece -piece guidance to let the big structures keep it functional. So if there's too much range of motion, if there's not enough tone held in those very deep multifidi and rotatores muscles, that flexibility is going to hinder every single motion your body does, every single support it tries to have, every single force it tries to apply, because the hose isn't supported. So it's just bending, it's just flopping. The other way, if it's too rigid and you're gripping too hard and you try to move, you might break it. You don't want so much rigidity that you can't aim the direction that the base of your pelvis is taking you. But it's the base of the pelvis that has to initiate any spinal range of motion. If there's too much flexibility in the spine, it's going to move against the pelvis, like a slinky. If there's enough stability, it's going to move like a fire hose guided with that pelvic stability. Does that help you see what I'm talking about? So it's all about managing control and the balance of too much control versus too little. So would there be any benefit to someone that doesn't exercise at all, picking one or two of your exercises and starting right away with them? Absolutely. Any of the de I would recommend any of the decompression poses initially. There are easiest entry point and the safest for patients. So um, do you have clients that see you just for posture only? I'd say, so I get people that will show up for, I, I, when, I'm, when I'm at home on Oahu, I do a, a Sunday donation class. And I get a lot of people that do show up to class simply because what it does for their posture. And, and the overall, what I'd say is a huge overall noted side effect is I can't believe my posture now. Another friend that started using the app who a lot of programs has said, I was at a wedding and I got comments of like, wow, Dan, what are you doing? Your posture is amazing. I've had that sitting in a Starbucks where people come over. It's like, I just want to let you know your posture is beautiful. I'm like, training. you got to try a foundation. <laughs> but oh, funny. We, we, I would say the, the collective overall, what I see now, people that come to classes, posture is better breathing, is the meditation aspect, the intuitive, like just the, I can get out of my head for this moment because I'm so overwhelmed trying to keep up with everything you're asking me to do in my body. And we've seen that really like with our firefighters and military warfare, that gives them this calmness when they're living in that high sympathetic state all the time. But yeah, posture, I, I'd say is a, a huge resulting side effect now for people that come into the work. Really good for golf too, by the way. Yeah, we've heard that from a number of people at multiple levels of golf. And hip mobility is the key to an accurate stroke. That's the key. Because if you're breaking that spinal hip relationship, your brain is not as efficient in its communication up and down. Golf is such a minute thing. If you're blocking the hips from moving properly, your body's trying to figure out everything other than the stroke as you're doing it. Sure. We got a final question. Could you tell us about your new book, Foundations of Health? I can. So this one is a pain relief philosophy narrative. This is what I have learned 
over 13 years now of treating myself and a number of patients and inadvertently being pulled into the autonomic disorder, or I'm sorry, autoimmune disorder and into the, what I would consider at times absurd chronic pain problem solving community. And in getting to know my patients, some of them very well, there are certain patients, including the one who, who wrote the forward, Jeff Bridges, who we detail working together for 12 years now through a number of different iterations of his chronic pains and problems and him a lot with, there's a lot of similarities to a lot of my patients. Where I saw people benefit the most in chronic pain was when they created a compounding effect. Movement is huge for musculoskeletal chronic pain injuries, and it can also really impact your mood. It can really impact stress. It can really, for some people, impact uh, posterior, I'm sorry, posterior, post-traumatic stress injury. You know, it can, people call it PTSD. I've learned to call it PTSI because it's an injury, like a bruise to the brain that you have to heal. It's not a disorder that's normal if it's broken. So we start looking at how can the body heal through alignment, through strength, through practice, through discipline, through breath. There are so many modalities that preach that. What we have really found ourselves success in is allowing the person's frame to maneuver itself so that as much strength and space possible is available for what I talk about in the foundations of health to occur. If you're not using a traditional dry sauna, you need to find access to one. If you're truly dealing with legitimate chronic pain or chronic degenerative conditions of any kind, what you get out of your body is significantly more important at times than what you take into your body. So something like the sauna, a traditional proper hot sauna where you flush your kidneys, you flush your lymphatic system, you flush your pores, it's a, a pump, like a barometric type pump for the lymphatic system. You start adding that to your element in addition to movement practices and other things that you're doing, most people see significant life-changing benefit to that when they're coming in from an autoimmune disorder or a chronic pain place. Uh, the other thing is the stimulation of the endogenous cannabinoid system. A lot of people are scared of the term cannabinoid or the idea of cannabis. I am a believer that least detriment possible in the treatment of chronic problems would point anybody that is willing to do the research towards elements that stimulate the endogenous cannabinoid systems, natural pain mechanisms, or using cannabis for pain relief over any opiates or any over-the-counter gut problematic drugs that is masking you. So I've, I'm, I'm, what I've done in my career is I've actually finally gained the confidence in my 40s now to very openly speak about my own personal cannabis habits and the way that I used what I personally gained from that to continuously improve my health, develop a very powerful protocol called foundation training, thanks to the somato sensation that I was able to gain by combining these different practices, the sauna, the breath, the movement, in my personal case, cannabis, the records show, or not the records, but the PubMed journals, the the research shows the miracle ways that the endogenous cannabinoid system helps regulate the hormones, pain relief, mood, overall ecosystem of the body. And I, I simply ask people to go read for themselves the myriad of peer-reviewed journal articles on the benefits of the plant in the system. I always tell people I work in pain management exclusively. 
my goal is to help my patients find the healthiest way to thrive and the best quality of life. And those are the things that I point everybody at if they're willing to listen. Great. Um, can we have a, your website uh, once again? Foundationtraining.com is the main website. We also have a streaming app at stream, or ftstreaming.com. Yeah. Um, and we've got a ton of instructors. We've got so many ways that you can learn this. Everything from free on YouTube, which go for it. Enjoy. If you get into it, you can really get into it. 